0: You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums Podcast, the home of Scottish
1: Football Banter.
2: Hi, welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Forums Podcast. We're at season twelve, episode twenty-two. I'm John and tonight we're gonna to have a bit of a European reflection. In terms of how well, or I should say, how they didn't do too well um, in Europe. So, joining me first of all, Josh Regular, Rangers fan, how you doing? Good
3: evening, John. You good? I'm alright, mate. All good.
2: Good. Uh, we've got Scott on. How you doing? It's good to be back on. Good to see you. Not that else can see you, but just for the rest. <laughs> uh, the best, yeah. Aye, get that in there. See that you dig me out earlier before the podcast started. You're um, quite
0: sexy with your voice, what's happening here?
2: Do you like it? Aye, this nice. is my, my sexy voice. Aye, because it, it, it caused a little bit increase and all that type of thing. I've decided to take a wee, a wee side business. So, so you're taking sexy phone calls, yeah, I think they're called Um, so we've got a couple of first time appearances on the podcast so well, first of all we've got graham from the locker room who's a hearts fan how you doing graham i'm good mate thanks for having me on Hi, right, good to have you on um and we've got the celtic fan and student journalist connor on how you doing
4: i'm good john thanks very much for having me on i know worries um
2: so i as i said we're going to reflect on how the scottish team did in europe which didn't do well obviously Not of them are through um, Mitt's bag in terms of results probably the only one I would say that finished where on children his hearts that would be fair to say
3: Pot 3 finished third didn't they?
0: The one saving grace I think for Rangers point of view is that did just get into the Champions League? Because I think two points in qualification that didn't seem likely either and to knock out PSV was still an achievement, but it gets long
3: forgotten once you get into the group stages. I agree. Scott PSV feels you know, actual few seasons are going
2: to Do you remember, Josh, that we did the podcast before the group stages and we had a um, guess at where like, teams would finish in terms of points? Yep. Did we? Aye, uh, we did, Aye, uh, you were on it. <laughs> um how many points how many points I think you said we would get
3: Oh, I don't know, mate. I remember we'd done the Scotland podcast and I said we were going to get like nearly maximum points. We were only going to drop three points in the group, but I, I can't even remember about the Rangers one.
2: You had them finished on the eight points.
3: So, eight less than. <laughs> right, yeah. okay. Do you remember Scott? <laughs> Did, was I
2: that one? Or, I think it was you or uh, Miguel, I'm pretty sure it was you. I think it
3: to or... no, Miguel. No, I must have been Miguel. Yeah. Celtic so
2: don't 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 don't, right. do, don't start. Doing how how many goals. did how many did Miguel have for Celtic or Rangers? For, for well, for both. Uh, for Rangers, he had nine actually. Uh, for Celtic, he had thirteen. I had four for Rangers, which was obviously too many. What's I felt nice it would do. I, all right. I felt we oh. would do alright at home.
0: Where did they think they were going to get the nine points from though? I don't understand.
3: Aye, that That, that <laughs> is a bit funny. Uh...
0: Maybe, maybe home and away Ajax push uh, a draw and one of the other teams but I, was, I didn't see them ever beating Napoli or Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I was quite surprised when he was so kind to them. Um, what you, Graham, what did you think when the draw was made for Hearts?
1: Uh, I was relatively happy with it. Wrong way, clearly. Um but we won the two games I expected us to do against RFS over the two games. I was frustrated with the Fiorentina game at home. Um, I thought we might win that. But the tone was set after five seconds when Fiorentina kicked off and Hart's basically just retreated and didn't press for the start. So that was frustrating. And Basakshah here, were they were very impressive. I didn't know what to expect from them, but they were very good. Um, the away games, the fans have had a brilliant time over there and we've pocketed about £3 million for all these games, so I can't be too disappointed, but I think the thing to me is the frustration for the two home games that we had against the University here. I thought we showed too much respect to them both times, to be honest.
0: I think the thing I'll say, you know, about Hearts, and it shouldn't be underestimated, is that they did win the games that they should have done, and too so many times Scottish football teams don't actually do that. So it was actually good to see somebody from outside Rangers and Celtic producing to wins like that in the group stage, which we don't don't often see from Scottish teams?
1: It was, and I think it's been 17 years since Hearts last played group stage European football, so it's, it's been a great experience, don't get me wrong, it's been fantastic. You know, to play Thursday night's been fantastic, and hopefully if we get back there again next season, we'll have learned from this, but it's, it's been a great experience and hopefully... The players have learned a lot for this. And those two wins that we did get were brilliant, I'm not going to lie. I know it was RFS, a Latvian team, but we still had to win it, and we have. Would you say there was any particular players that stood out for you in the campaign? Uh, Cammy Devlin. I thought he was outstanding over pretty much all the games. Lauren Shank has managed to get a few goals again, which is great. You know, people say he's a championship striker. He scored 12 goals this season, so that's not looking very good, is it? Um, And I just think... There's been moments in games, like Lewis Nielsen, he came in against RFS in that first game. I thought he was brilliant. And there have been moments in games where I think players have looked okay. But for me, Cammy Devlin's been the standout In every game he's played, he's been the best player on the pitch for me. And then do you think on the back of uh, making the money you'll
2: spend a bit in January? Or do you think we'll go with COVID, the money that's lost there?
1: No, I think we need to strengthen. We have still a few injuries. I'm not making excuses at all. But the injuries haven't helped. Guys like Boyce, Halkett, you know, Beningame being out hasn't helped. And the fact that we're now still sitting fourth in the week after all that, I think is brilliant, to be honest. I think we need another striker. We're relying a bit too much on Franklin. Stephen Humphries is injured. When he comes back, he'll be a huge bonus. But I think we need one more striker. And again, I love the guy at a bit. But Barry McKay has been very off form recently. And I'd like to see another creative midfielder in there. So if we can get that in, I
3: think i will be quite happy with that. Graham, I was I was going to ask you um, just about the about on Europe in general. Um, obviously, I mean, he's went out against Zurich. Um, I mean, well, for, first I'd like to ask you if you feel could have done better in those qualifying games um, or, or not? I know the boy was it the boy Grant gets sent off in the crucial kind of, set of the second leg of that playoff. Um, and then, you know, it just, I suppose, bit me a tongue-in-cheek, when, uh, when you look at Zurich's group uh, in the Europa League, um, it was Arsenal, Bodo Glimp and PSV. Um, how do you think these would have fared in that group?
1: They got absolutely hammered in all of them, but it would have been brilliant. I mean, I'm not going to lie, when that draw came out and I saw what that draw was, I was gutted. Well, I've got a mate that's an Arsenal fan, and I would have loved that trip to London for that. But, I mean, the Zurich game away from home, we got the lead through Shanklin's penalty, and we kind of did what we tend to do under Nielsen. Now, I think Nielsen's done a great job, but we tended to sit back, and we were lucky to get a 2-1 defeat in that first game. The game at Timecastle, that first half was one of the best performances I've seen from our heart's side. We just couldn't score. But we dominated that game. And then obviously the second half, George Grant gets sent off for a second in for the dive. Ridiculous, he shouldn't have done it. And that kind of ruined the game after that. And when that draw came out and I saw Arsenal, I thought, gutted. I was so disappointed. But I was happy with the other draw. You know, getting Riga, getting Fiorentina and getting Bersaccia here, it was a great experience. I just wish at home we'd been a little bit more positive and a little bit more adventurous. Rather than sitting back and showing too much respect, I mean, there's here I've got a guy that cost about £20 million in Bertrand Traore. Fiorentina, I've got a guy in Luca Jovic who was at Real Madrid. You're talking about real quality, but I just wish that Tenkast would have been a little bit more positive and had more of a go.
0: I think the thing about Fiorentina is it's obviously the name, you, you like Serie A and everything else, but if you look at the table, if you look at some of the results in Serie A this season, you could have probably felt as if you'd have had a go, especially at Tidecastle, a wee bit more. Um, but it's, it's sometimes hard for, so for Scottish teams when they play a team from Italy and a team from Germany and things like that. Where they, they just kind of seem in awe right from the very goal. And as you just say, they step back. and just think that they automatically need to defend rather than just taking it to them.
1: I think they've into the game especially. I think the reason I thought we had a chance against them was because RFS had got a point against them in Florence. So that's what gave me the thought, that we could actually get something here. And then, as I said, we just sat back and just showed too much respect. Fiorentina haven't been great in the Serie A this season. So that's why I thought we had a chance. But it was a bit of a letdown. But to have won those two games against RFS, to have banked you know over 3 million for the six games we played and the two Zurich games, it's great. You know, It sets us up in a good stead. I mean, I'm not going to say we're going to spend all that money in January, but it's great to have that money there. And now if we can finish third again this season, which has to be the aim, and get back there again next season, I think we'll have hopefully learned lessons from that. I think somewhere around the back
2: of that, if you were to finish third again this season, then you'd be quickly established yourself as a third force in Scotland, because if you were to continue to get that money again, it would blow a other Team out of the water, I think it's actually the top two. Um, so be interesting to see what happens
3: You look, John, I mean, you, you look at the fact that you know Hearts of New got a waiting list in their season tickets mm-hmm. I mean, could, can anybody remember the last time a club outside the old firm had a waiting list in their season tickets? I, I can't
1: No, 100% And I've not had a season ticket for a long time Because, I mean, I've tried to take my ladder to some of the games There's only 10, but I take him to some of the games But not all of them And I would like to get a season ticket back again and there's a feel-good factor in the club just now. And it's been a while since that happened, because not that long ago, Hearts fans, myself included, wanted Nielsen gone after a Brola defeat and after a few other defeats. So there's been a huge turnaround. But I've said this before in a few different shows that Nielsen's only ever one defeat away from people wanting him sacked. So he's done a great job so far. And again, he's already said, and the players have said themselves, that they want to get back there again next season. But we have to finish third now. I'm actually quite glad European games are finished now because we could just concentrate on the league, and that's hugely important. That money is going to help, but we need to finish third again.
0: The the thing about the money when when John was talking about we recovering third force. That only happens if you spend that money that money wisely, and it's not always done again in Scottish football. You can see, there's a scattergun approach when it comes to transfers sometimes, and you, you think you just need to think of Hearts and Craig Levine as the kind of director of football and things like that. It can just be, you know, if you're if you're, it's all very well getting that money in, and it's great for for clubs to get the get the money in, but you've got to spend it wisely, and that's not always easy.
1: Nah, I agree, because we've spent £350,000 on orestes kermut Soklu, and I've not been that impressed with him so far. I know it's still early days, but at the moment, he's not done enough to really show that he's worth that money.
2: Right, moving on then. What about Celtic? Before the draw was made, I think people thought it was quite a favourable draw. Did you say that was fair, Conor?
4: Uh, yeah, I'd definitely say so. Um, cause, just because I kind of like the... I'd say Real Madrid is maybe a bit of a write-off. Like I was kind of expecting probably lose both those games. Um, Just kind of the kind of gung-ho, all-attack, and your approach that we have. But the next game, kind of what's going over there, you're thinking maybe both teams are technically away so we're both playing in like Warsaw. I mean, so I think we we'll probably get a good result over there. Could take them at home, I think. And then um, the Leipzig game, obviously, Rangers had managed to get by them the season before. Yes, they had added talent to their team, but they were definitely beatable. But this season, it just felt frustrating, really, in Europe. Um, I was impressed with some of the football that we did show, um, but very frustrating, I'd say, to not at least get third in the group.
0: Conor, do you think the biggest thing for Celtic was just the finishing chances? you know, look at it. And it's, it I, I wonder if, you know, Ange is the best kind of manager in that situation in the sense of he will learn and he will understand quite quickly what you kind know, of intricate changes that he needs to make to then improve, I think... He is somebody who takes a wee bit of time, whatever the competition, even in the, the Premiership last season. I know he obviously weren't in his debut season. But if you look at the start of it, he was just kind of finding his way, kind of finding his team. I think, you know, I wouldn't be hugely disappointed if I was a Celtic fan with the European performances. Maybe the results weren't there, but the performances in the sense of there's a bit of optimism. I actually thought performance-wise, it was
4: a lot better than under Rodgers, where it was just two kind of going on. It, was, it just seemed a wee bit more stable. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, like, for example, obviously the heaviest defeat only we got was 5-1 in Madrid. But under Rodgers, we were seeing like 7-0 defeats and all that and stuff. And it wasn't even as if like we put a good performance on it. was just like terrible under Rodgers. Like, some of the games, at least in Madrid, like we actually had a go to it. We had quite a few chances and stuff. And played positive football. So I'm definitely optimistic. Um, say we get there next year. I'm definitely expecting a little bit better. Some of the chances as well. I'm having nightmares playing them back over in my head again. But um, another day, you take them and the whole group's completely different. Um, so also, I would say as well, a, a, a few results didn't actually really go away as well. Like for other teams, like the Nets, imagine they got a point off Real Madrid and then we have going and beating Madrid at their bit So yeah, plenty of optimism.
2: And then in the back of last week as well, I think some Celtic fans were surprised, but they shouldn't be overly surprised and just coming out and saying, Oh, we we'll
4: need to get rid of players that I mean, we've got just now to bring in new players. That's a natural thing if you want to progress, isn't it? Yeah, that's just definitely kind of needs to happen. If you want to kind of become one of these kind of pot three teams that can go on to like give the pot two teams a challenge, you need to kind of invest in your squad, obviously. You need to kind of find, move these players on for 15, 20 million and then buy another like. We we'll say, for example, Jot only costs us about six million. So if you got about four Jotas out of like selling them for about twenty million, better than. Aye. where would you feel it sells it most? Uh, I'd say be honest. I'd say actually at the back. Um, as much as I like Carter Max and felt, we didn't actually have that full duo, for the full Champions League group stage, and I don't mind Jens, but there is still a mistake in them. I think. Um, so I'd be quite happy with a centre back perhaps Um, I could also maybe see Joseph Juranovic probably getting moved on so we need to start looking at right backs again Um, another main position maybe is goalkeeper because our Joe Hart's contract is up next year and he's getting older now so we might need a new goalkeeper, goalkeeper soon see I think with Joe Hart I would definitely be looking for a new
0: goalkeeper yeah I think he's done. I think he's done well. I don't think he was an Ange signing. I think that was kind of brought in over Ange's head because I don't think. I think there's like a, a sweeper keeper that would probably prefer that system. Uh, or so, sorry, suit that system more. Uh, but it's funny when Ange made that comment in the AGM and he's saying that oh, fans kind of need to tell me about moving players on. I think it's more the board that needs to be kind of put, pushed into. Moving these players along and bringing in new players. I think the fans would be fine if if, if they keep on seeing people like uh, Kyogo and Yota and of that elk coming into the club, they don't mind. It's more when the, the bold have to put their hands in their pockets sometimes, I think is the, the big the biggest issue.
4: Yeah, definitely. Like um I mean I've seen plenty of like good players at Celtic like come and go. Like I'm used to it now. That's just kind of how I football is. There'sn't really a lot of Players, especially coming from different leagues across Europe, like the use Celtic as a stepping stone, I mean, that's just the reality to the Premier League and stuff like that. So I I wouldn't mind the players like Jogo going that left. So as long as we just reinvest well and smartly and get players similar to them back in.
3: Investment I mean investment and recruitment's key into I mean, you you look at the Champions League um and I mean, even even looking through the, the teams that have qualified, you know, who who are you, who in there are you actually surprised, remotely surprised, has got through to the knockouts? Maybe Club Rouge, um And I think, was there another one? Was there uh, Frankfurt? But, I mean, Frankfurt were Europa League winners last year. You know, so, I mean, out, out, everybody that got through to the knockouts, I think maybe those two, every other club has got the spending power, you know, of... And I, I'm not going to touch on the spending powers You know too much uh, because we don't. You know, you know, use that kind of barometer when we we talk about the domestic football too much. But you know, I mean, there there is a huge gulf there um, in our top two teams at the at at the Champions League level. Um, So it's about investing that money for me. For me, Celtic in the the Champions League this year. um, At times, yeah, they, they. performed um and and were involved more in the games but you know i mean you you give me a disgusting manky you know sitting on the edge of your seat for 90 minutes 1-0 one over a team every day of the week over a you know a 5-2 defeat um and i'm more you know i'm not talking down celtic in that sense because my team were terrible in the champions league this year but it but it, i mean it does show how far a distance we have to go before we can actually really be at the level of the Champions League.
2: Yeah, do definitely. Think, so. Do you think <laughs> over the Celtic play, that they can go toe-to-toe with these teams up and actually beat them?
3: I, personally, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Rangers fan, I, I personally don't agree. I, I think you need more pragmatism in the Champions League. Um, I, I think that Angie's style is, you know, obviously exceptional um, in Area domestically, because you know they come at the traps and they just blow teams away. But I think when they when they come up in Europe, um, th- they do that kind of same thing of trying to blow teams away they get loads. They were getting loads of chances in the kind of first forty five minutes, um, kind of first forty 45-60 minutes, and then they tended to kind of fade away. And I think you know when they're coming up against tougher defenders, you know more resolute midfields, um, it can be more difficult for them. That's not take away the fact that you know. They did perform. Um, they did perform at times in the Champions League, it definitely, except for the two kind of Real Madrid games but they did perform.
0: Well, even the even the Real Madrid game, the first one at Celtic Park, they really did take Madrid to task in that first half. And Madrid said it themselves. You know, you had people from Madrid saying it themselves. I think it's it's probably you can go toe to toe with these teams if you're Celtic for a limited amount of time, as kind of, like Josh was kind of alluding to, that first 40, 45 minutes. Um, and it's about game management. But the problem was they, they didn't put any chances away. So you can't then kind of close the game off if you're still 0-0 and then invite teams on to you. So it's a hard one because you, you, you never really fully saw where Andrew's going to go. If if he took a 1-0 at, at home for a a, a longer period of time, would he then have changed to be more pragmatic? We don't know, because it never really happened. So it's hard to then see whether he would have done that and the game management would have been there or would they have continued to go and go home. I don't don't think they would have. I I, I really don't think they would have went the same way Rogers did. But we we can never really tell at this moment in time because it never really materialised.
4: Yeah, I mean, um, oh, sorry, um, can actually you there, um, yeah, I mean, Europe as well. I feel as though like with the gun whole approach as well. Um, I feel like in domestic league we can do that for like ninety minutes, obviously because the sort of teams are playing. But I feel like in Europe it's more like a kind of first half approach that we take it a lot. Um, and then after that, I feel like we get tired quite a bit, obviously because we're playing top class world class defenders, and that's where they start to pick us off. I've seen that in the Almazad game at home where they had a chance and stuff like that. And then it came to the second half and it just kind of went 3-0 but 20 minutes later and that was game done and dusted. you know what I mean? I think it's a tiredness thing.
2: Should we move Rangers? Josh? Yeah, let's go. Um... It did not start well, did it? I mean, going to Amsterdam, IATS and just just way apart.
3: Yeah, Right. Look look, can we acknowledge a few things first about the European campaign for Rangers? Um Rangers, it, it, Rangers got by far and away one of the toughest groups in the Champions League. Um right. They they, they did, right? Um they conceded twenty two goals, twenty two, I think that was it. Um, right? scoring only two. Um uh zero points. Uh, and there was the complete and utter capitulation to Liverpool. Uh, uh, be, being, you know, I've, I've heard kind of conflicting stats around this. The worst result in Rangers history, the worst home result in Rangers history, the worst European... Uh, there is some sort of stat around that. I'm not particularly aware of, of, of what the, the actual official stat well, is.
0: They famously lost 7-1 to another team. That's... Aye. Yeah, so there's... It's probably the worst home defeat, I think, is, is, ah, is probably that is that
3: the, a aye, the worst home is, defeat. Yeah. Um, so, you know, let make no bones <sighs> the the European campaign did not go well. Now, I think that's that's the least that can be said. Um reasons for that. Um <sighs> there are a lot of people pointing the finger at Giovanni van Bronckhorst. cost Um no, domestically there is a lot to be answered because I think we're a wee bit too lackadaisical um, and a wee bit. Um, well, Richard Foster in Sports scene at the weekend used a great, um, used a great expression that we play walking football domestically. Um, but I think he showed in the Europa League run last season that he's, but by far, enough, he is a a very astute tactician. Um, he is a very good tactical coach. Um, I, I you know, the, the Europe, the Champions League group campaign has not changed my mind on that. I still think he's a fantastic tactician. You know, some of those games in the Europa League run, um, the way that he outmatched the opposite team on a tactical level was phenomenal to get to the final. So th- that is something that I still believe to be true. I don't believe. I don't believe that we got investment in the right areas I do believe that we um, were a bit too loyal to certain players and giving them new contracts after the end of last year Um, and I think we gambled a lot on fitness for certain players Um, I think that Rangers got rid of Leon Balogun on the assumption that Suter was going to be able to stay fit Helander was going to be able to get fit and there was going to be no injuries to Goldson in or Davies, because the boy Leon King has been hung out to dry, in my opinion. Um, and I just, I just hope there's not going to be any lasting damage to him here, um, because I mean, you, you know, you, you chucking an 18 year old and putting him against some of the top teams in Europe and taking some absolute droppings. it's going to knock his confidence. Um, I also think like, learn from it. I felt
2: like sorry, I'm wrong, I did oh, I can no, learn no. from it though. The experience, a bit like when uh, Graham was talking about Nielsen at hearts, young guy getting minutes.
3: Yeah, I mean learning yeah, learning for experience. Um I suppose um yeah, I suppose you're right, John. But but it's not just I mean it's not just that the issue with the centre backs and king, it's other areas of the pitch as well. Ridvan come in for five million, he's no played. Um played two cup games, then come in and get injured, he's back out. We didn't invest anywhere else in the pitch, really, apart from Cholak, who has been a revelation domestically. Um, But instead of investing in midfield, we gave new contracts to Alexa McGregor, Davis Arfield, um, and we got, you know, a twenty-year-old Bayern B player on loan, and we got a boy in Ravi Matondo that, you know, on paper you think. Could have potential, but has you know even been terrible domestically. Um, and we know what Ryan Kent's like, so the the investment was not Ryan there. Kent. Your pal Ryan Kent. The investment was not there from the club. Um, not to say that that's why. That's the sole reason for the. the but you know the, the, there was a conglomerate of, of reasons that Rangers' Champions League campaign went as it was as terribly as as it did.
2: See on the point, I can. not and also, obviously, Morel is, Morel, a big, M- Morelos. Morelos. Morelos, even I. Right. Um, has that been a big financial mistake by does not actually selling them in the summer? Yeah, yeah
3: for me. For me, Kamara, Cam- Kent, Morelos, should have still sold, sold them with the stock's high.
2: Well, they're um, at a contract um, end of the season, both yeah,
3: yeah and Kent. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah, and they will grow. Um, I've no doubt in my mind. But the thing is, I mean, the thing is, this is where I get a, a chance to rant. What team is going to? I mean, C Morelos he he sees himself as a top kind of English Premier League or a top you know top four or six in, in one of the big European leagues. And Kent himself sees himself as a Premier League player. You know, can any can anybody on this pod name me a top European team that is going to be looking at them right now? I think Kent Kent's high level championship at best. You
2: were saying that last season.
3: No, I wasn't. because last season, last season, he was performing better. He's not performing at a level now. You know, top players, top players perform consistently season after season. Ryan Kent hasn't done that. Um, and Morelos. I mean, I seen a picture of Morelos the other, the other day, John. Um, and I, I actually, it was actually remarkable to look at how skinny he was, how how much thinner. You know it. We, I mean, I know we talking that we have a joke on the podcast group chat about big fat Morelos, but holy fuck, it is he's, he's huge, and that's that's attitude and unprofessionalism.
0: I, I don't think it is. I, I I'll stick up for for Morelos. I think Ken is a, a bit of an attitude. I think I think he just doesn't see himself at Ibrooks anymore. I think he was never consistently good enough. Um, he could change games, he could change big games. Uh, but you know, when you compare him and the, the kind of most comparable player to probably compare him to is Jota at Celtic, his Jota's much more consistent, much more of a kind of danger in every kind of game aspect. Um I think the big one of the big issues I think for Morelos is he's one of those players that when he gets injured and he gets, it was a kind of hampered uh, thigh injury that kept out for a few months, he puts on weight. And it takes a bit of time to actually... You see it, it was a couple of seasons where it, um, it was pre-season, he was injured at pre-season, he came back, and he wasn't fitting off right when he first came back. And it took about a three or four weeks. Scottish press lambasted him, and then he ended up being the top goal scorer that season. It's So I would say, I, I don't think it's... Professionalism for Morelos, I think, it's, you know, he probably doesn't again see himself being at Rangers after the end of the season, but I also think a lot of it is that injury and it just puts on weight. We really did that, you know, there's quite a few serious top class players who did that. Not that I'm saying that Morelos is at that top class range, but but you're right, no, no, um, top side's going to be looking at those players thinking oh, well, that's somebody I can I can bring
3: like, in. The thing that annoys me, Scott, is is about Morelos, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll shut up now and let a couple of the rest of the lads come in, but, eh, you know, the thing that annoys me about Morelos, I've said it on the pod plenty of times, see when he's at the top of his game, he's just, he's unplayable. You know, when he's fit, when he's sharp, and, you know, when he's good to go, he's absolutely unplayable. And that's when I see a striker that could play, you know, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying Real Madrid or something like that, but I'm saying uh, he could play at any level, you know. Um, and it's so so frustrating to to watch him when he's not like that.
0: Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I, I mean, I've there's been no bigger supporter. I wrote an article a year after he it, he it joined Rangers because kind of a wee bit of racism from the mainstream media when it comes to you know writing about cartels and stuff like that when they're talking about it and things like that. And um, You know, he is a very good footballer on his day. I don't think he's at a level that he thinks he is. I don't think he's probably in that kind of top echelon of European football, a really, really top club. But probably one step below if he were to keep fit and have the right attitude for it. Ted at the moment, is absolutely English Championship material. I, I, I really think... He has just shied away, and to shy away from Champions League, which is essentially what he's done. He's got that chance; that's a showcase. He's got a free transfer at the end of the season. That's your big shot window, and he bottled it. If anything, if it, or I just didn't want to, which would be even worse. But it's it was that, that I would have dropped the pair of them after probably. Mm-hmm. The, can't remember which Liverpool game, but they just no the first Liverpool game, they just didn't seem interesting, know, they right? If you're not going to be interested, then just stay out of the
3: team. Wait TC's uh YouTube compilation though, Scott. <laughs> Ryan, Kent's, Ryan Kent, Ryan Kent's Skills and Tricks 22,
0: 23. Brilliant. He's, he'll uh his agent sending out all that to all the top teams. Your game clock will get it.
1: What's your thoughts, Graham, in
2: terms of the two of them?
1: I was actually wanting to ask George a couple of questions if I could. Hi. Um, on the Morelos thing, obviously for quite a while, Morelos was the main man at Rangers. We know he's had injuries. But since Cholax come in and he's been banging in the goals, do you think it's going to put Morelos' nose at a joint? And the other thing is, if you look at those two Liverpool games, right, the one at Anfield, Rangers weren't embarrassed in that game. You know, they lost from a Trent Alexander free kick and a penalty from Mo Salah. You then look to the other game at Ibrox, Rangers started that game, promptly on the front through, Arfield gets that goal at 1-1, even at half time, you're thinking, Raiders have a chance here. I mean, they lose six goals in the second half. Why do you think that second half was just an absolute capitulation? Was it did the players switch off? What happened in that second half? Because that first half, I thought Raiders were very good.
3: Aye, aye we were good in that first half. Um, the Morelos-Cholak one's an interesting one. Of course, when Defoe was there, I think there was more of a kind of mentor, you know, a mentor-protege-type relationship between them. Um, and, and, you know, Defoe could always come in and score goals, you know, for fun. But Morelos was always still the main man and would start every game. But I, I think, you know, if has Cholak come in and is there more of a rivalry there? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, you know, Morelos always seems to be Happy and smiling when when Chulak's scoring, but you know maybe that is an element of it. Um, is, is that he, he sees someone that is competition for him that he just can't right now in his current state of fitness, his current state of mind that he just can't compete with and he can't get ahead in terms of the team. Um, and like Scott was saying, he maybe needs a run of games, but when you've got Cholak on the form that he is, certainly domestically, you know he's not going to get a run of, a. a um, he's not going to get a run of games You know, so um, There's that, I suppose I'd like to just know what that dynamic is like
2: See quickly on that, Josh Aye. Why not try the tournament, no? Just don't
3: It's it's. And I, I just don't think it's Giovanni van Bronckhorst style He come in and he, he, One of the first things he said When he come in As um, the manager was said, four three three. That's the Dutch style That's, you know, that that is that's what I'll play four three three. If you look at his final teams, they be the exact same four three three with a kind of big target man esque focal point striker. Um, so I, I just think that's sort of a Van course cost thing. I, I I don't know. I've never been a fan of two strikers, and you know it's not often you really see two strikers anymore. Um it's normally that kind of one striker with, with several kind of moving parts interlinking up the front, isn't it? Um so that that I mean that would be my response anyway. But ju- just on the the Liverpool capitulation, um attitude thing, definitely for me. A lot of them I, I was at that game um and the, the place was rocking at half time. Um and then the second half it was just you know, players' empty jerseys in that game, particularly. Um, and I there's think, no excuse. I think the
0: start of it was losing Goldson and Jack. I think that didn't help. Yeah. I've never Gold, ever Gold, seen... Yeah. I've never I've seen any team... Game changer. Made, game changer. Never mind Rangers. I've never seen any team just basically stand aside the way that happened, that game. That was, was beyond bizarre. It was almost as if they stood up... To, lifted their arms and said, "They you go, have a goal. It's like, oh, Harvey Elliott, you have no scored yet. On oh, you go, son, you have a goal. It was absolutely
2: bizarre. It was like musical statues. It was... you, could, aye. you could say the difference as well was that Liverpool had lost their brain, Salah off the bench. Oh, listen, like... Liverpool,
0: look, you, you know, you could, Liverpool have beaten uh, Premier League teams by bigger scores this season. It's, it's not it's unfathomable that they would, Come and hit big against Rangers, but it was the the Rangers' performance. It wasn't the Liverpool performance. Liverpool didn't actually need to step up any gears Everybody was all oh, about Salah. This, that that. Barisit shot himself. Oh, do you, I mean, he, there was a bit where he just basically allowed Salah through. He said a wee, what one week effort bounced off him, then he go back in. It's, it, that's, it was the Rangers' attitude. It wasn't that Liverpool did anything spectacularly better in the second half. It was just that Rangers just. For whatever reason, as Josh said, it was just empty jerseys. It was, it was just, I, and I've never seen a game of football like it.
4: Because
0: Rangers See, were probably the better team in the first half, certainly yeah. right in
2: there. The just about and and ending. Anyone actually, but Barca, it's, it's just another example of something that's regressed massively since Rangers won the league.
3: Yeah, mass. He's regressed massively. He just backs off whenever we've seen it. This we've seen it in two of the Celtic games now. The 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 three 0 uh, and the 4 though. He just backs off and backs off and backs off. I don't know what it is.
0: The Europa it, League final as well. It's big games. He's now. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if it, yeah. that one thing over Celtic where they, they put the ball over him and. That was it. It's killed, it seems to have killed his career in big games because he, he used to be more consistent in big games. Was was actually something yeah. that Rangers could rely upon. But in the last year, year and a half, he's honest to God,
4: shot the bed pretty much every big game that they've had. Okay. i was going to say that about Barisic as well. It's like, from a safety fans point of view, it's a player that I love to watch our wingers come up against because constantly just cannot defend against us at all. Some reason, as you're saying, Europa League final as well. You just see it all the time in big games.
2: As I I mean, as a Celtic fan, just now, do you have any kind of fear about Rangers putting in a title challenge?
4: I mean, not really at the moment, but it's kind of. I'm gutted that the World Cups happening now because with the way both teams are playing at the moment. Um, at the same time, though, I don't really see Rangers making a change managerial at the moment. Um, I think that'll be an after World Cup decision if things continue how they are. But I think Wednesday night will be very interesting to see the crowd's reaction or how the game goes in general. Um, obviously Rangers need a big win on Wednesday. Um, for Giovanni's sake, I'd say. But um, I don't think it's all really his fault. I think as you were saying, players like Kent Marells down tools. Um, I think the board's transfer strategy is baffling.
1: See the the thing for me, the worrying thing for me, if I was a Rangers fan and if I was Van Bronckhurst would be John Lindstrom's reaction yesterday because at the moment, in the, I think it's the first half. It was at no no, he runs forward with the ball, he tries to play the Callaghan, but he loses the ball and just gives up. He just walks away. That for me would be a major concern if I'm a Rangers fan.
3: Yeah, it's 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 you know, it's almost rife throughout the team that there's some sort of a some sort of an attitude or some sort of a a, a what you know, some sort of a working problem. Um because a lot of them aren't even you know put a lot of them aren't even putting in the effort now. Um and the thing is they were they were doing it for Giovanni, you know, six months ago, um kind towards the latter stages of the um of the Europa League and the league. So they, they you know it's I don't know what has happened. That, See, that's big... that's it. I don't know what has happened.
0: The biggest problem I think, and I know Josh doesn't agree with this, but I think they should have probably bit the bullet and to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst two weeks ago when they were still in touch with Celtic. Because you can see, personally, I thought I could see the right in the wall. Whether or not that's true or not, obviously, time will tell. But I felt the players just weren't playing for them. Now, that's not necessarily Van Bronckhorst's fault, but in world football these days, it's easier to get rid of the manager than it is to get rid of the full team. You may get a response if you bring in somebody else. It's, it is baffling to see how they've gone from Europa League finalists to absolute deserters on some occasions. Um, but if you'd have made that change when it was, what, four points in it between them and Celtic, then and you've got the World Cup coming up, then maybe that could have been a springboard to actually challenging the league title this season. That perfor- that performance, of the result against the joystick knocks that on a bit. And they still don't look as if they're they're ready to, to, to sack Van Braunck costs. So it will be addressed to see how the players, the fans, and the board
2: react to everything that's happening in the next game. Is that not just a case though that Van Branc cost getting get money in the bank from the European one? Who's gonna get that we better sometime? I, I, I mean i uh... I think Connor's
3: right. I, 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 don't, I think he'll get to the World Cup break. Um, to be honest, I've been desperate for the World Cup break for a few weeks now. Um, just time to get a few players back. I mean, I look at some of the players that are injured. I mean, look, again, no excuses, but but Rangers have been plagued with injuries. You know, really have been. I mean, there's about nine players that would be in the first 11. Um, uh, you look at Suter, Lawrence... Um Haji, Goldson, um Lowry could be in the, the, the squad. Um, you know, even I mean even the guys that are out long term, like uh, Helander, Ke- um Roof, K um Ruth, sorry, you know, there are a lot of players in there, did I say Lawrence? Yeah. Um, there, are, there are a lot of players in there who who are out long term injured Ridvan, injured Dinano, who I would want in before Barisic. Um, so there's a lot of players in there that, that that are injured, we have been absolutely plagued by injuries, but, you know, so have Hearts, you know, and, and fair enough, we're not operating at this, you know, I mean, Hearts aren't expected to be going for the league, um, but we, we kind of use that as an excuse, we should have strength and depth throughout the squad, to, you know, with all due respect, beat St. Johnson away,
0: Lawrence is a huge miss, actor. He's who so. you know, started really well. And looks like a really good player. I think the one thing I'll say about Van Broadcast is after a, almost a year, I still don't see a style. I still don't see a blueprint, and that's maybe because they've not brought the players in that he wants to bring in. Not a but
3: single, not a single Dutch player, Scott. That that is that not a that was very I mean,
0: bizarre. Now looked at it, I would have thought he'd have earmarked at least so, yeah. two uh, two, three,
3: so... four. I'm not just talking about Feyenoord, I'm talking about every other team yeah. in, in the Netherlands. You know, he must it's...
1: know. He
3: must have loads of... and that's when you look at it from you know what's going on behind the scenes, who's signing the players, what is the transfer policy? You know, is he getting is he able to bring in his own players to create this style that he's wanting to play? I don't know. Is
2: that not why Gerard left though? Because the board weren't willing to back him. He
3: did, and Van Rockers took us to the Europa League final, presumably bringing in, you know, and got us into Champions League. You know, so, I mean, you're talking, there's your budget has increased probably by double or, or whatever. Um, So, where has that money went? You know what I mean? It's not all went to House. And then Barsi
2: and Eribo go as well. Barsi, and, and Patterson.
0: The, the thing is, with Gerard Gerard left because it was the Premier League and it was a team that he thought they could do... Get up, him. By the way, <laughs> that he thought he could get into the top half of the Premier League. That was Gerard was always going to go to a team that he thought he could kind of revitalise and take to the top half of the Premier League. It's the same. Yeah. There was that, those. though. But
2: I think he was concerned about the fact the board were, were yeah, the back it him. Probably, it probably,
0: It's not that they wouldn't back up They might not have had those funds then. That they certainly should have now. As Josh was saying, it's all since Gerard's left that they've sold those players that they've got to that European. Final, um, there's talk of takeovers and all sorts. So, you know, it's obviously Edwards' house is, is happening with the museum and everything, but that's not going to take up the, the whole chunk of money. Um, and supposedly, there is no other money there for big transfers after this.
2: So, I don't when I say
0: big, I don't mean like Premier League big, I mean like Scottish Premiership big.
2: Or Ronaldo's oh. not coming to Rangers.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's funny because you say that and then you think of the the Ramsey deal and you think of how much money they must have. And listen, I I totally get why they did it. It was a a gamble. Um, But again, it's like the the kind of Rangers way that it's been for years and years where they, they make these gambles with players who are consistently injured. And you're like, well, was it really worth
2: it? And it turns out not to be. Aye, see, just to pick up on a point that Josh made earlier about Broncos cost being good tactically. Now that was last season. This year is he a bit like maybe Andrew Bay? He's not got a plan B. It's just try plan A. If it doesn't work, just try and do it better. I never, I never like
0: any manager who doesn't have a plan B. And I know managers, it's a, it's a good thing for managers to say and everything else. And they'll, they'll go with it, and but they're, they're not all Pep Guardiola's. You know I mean they all don't have all these superstar players that all the rest of it? I I I never understand why if it's going to get you more points at the end of the season, why you wouldn't just actually adopt a different style, a different plan, just to see out games and everything else. It's uh, whether although Van Broekhoven is is like that possibly because he has that kind of mold, but I, I, it was like. Warburton all over again, you know what I
3: mean? And it's like
2: there's
3: no plan B. I just keep, keep going with plan A, and it's but plan A's not working. I, I, right. I, I, I don't think a back not he I, I, I mean, I, I don't agree that the the idea that he's no got a plan B. W- what I think is that he's no got the quality in his team because he had seen Europe this year in the Champions League. He has changed the system on numerous occasions again in different games, and it hasn't worked. So I, I don't think he's got the quality. Or, or he had the quality. Domestically, it's a different story. um Domestically, I don't know what's happening. I, I honestly, I can't even... I, I, it's. I don't know. I don't know what's happened domestically.
0: The European footballer reminds me of Advocate and some of this stuff that he would just try out and bring in a player here or go up the three at the back and stuff like that. But yeah, it's... it's Bizarre that we can't perform... Back, you, back,
3: your, back in your day, Scott, back, uh, Obviously
0: back in my day. I can
2: remember. Big Dick, or wee Dick even.
3: I always remember Big Dick as
0: well.
2: What? Was that a good night? Um, does it get that bad though That likes of Hearts and Aberdeen can
1: overtake Rangers this season? Uh, I'm going to say no, I would like to think it will, but I just don't see it. I think we've got 30, 40 years of experience that says that it's only going to be Celtic and Rangers that are never going to win this league. I think even to try and finish second is a, is a difficult one. I know Rangers haven't been great this season, but it's still a big ask. Listen, i will be great for somebody to split them, but it's not going to happen, probably for a long time. And I think for me, watching on from afar, there's certain differences in Celtic and Rangers that I can see. If you look at Celtic, for example, they go down at Park, they get pegged back to 1 1, but then Celtic up the park and win the game in the last minute. The same on Saturday. Celtic are drawn back to 2 2, they go and win the game. I don't get that with Rangers. Like yesterday, I never really thought, even when they got back to 2 1, I never really thought they were going to get back in that game. So there's a massive difference where Celtic will keep going and they will go to the end. I don't get that with Rangers. Listen, I still think Rangers have got quality. And I think for me, I kind of said that at Anfield, I thought Malik Tillman looked out of his depth. I actually think he has improved. I thought he was one of the Rangers' better players yesterday. But just the gap between certain Rangers and others is still far too big for me, even with the money Hearts are going to get.
0: I think, you know, with Hearts, it should be a case of trying to consistently finish third place and then just improving the squad as well as they can each and every transfer window and try to then get cup competitions, try and get a League Cup, a Scottish Cup, and then worry about catching Rangers in Celtic if you can ever do that four or five seasons from now. Is it take a try and actually take a long term approach of just consistently finishing in third place and improving each so take it your own kind of that's your league. Is to try and do it that way and try and pick up as many points out of the regional Celtic games as possible, but
1: on the understanding that
0: your bread and butter is beating everybody else.
1: Bring back Romanoff. We need that money again. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> but, 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 I mean, there's, there's, sorry, to interrupt. You, I, I, I was just going to say, I, but I think, I think that is one of the things that, that Hearts are doing. I, th- I think that's one of the things that they've done so well is that you know over the past kind of five well it must be five six. Even seven years now, they've completely rebuilt the club and financially, you yeah, know. I mean, they're not, I mean, they're certainly richer than a lot of other clubs in Scotland, but they're not, you know, blessed with overwhelming spending power. But they're one of the financially soundest clubs in the country now, you know, and they can build on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, being fan owned has absolutely helped that. There's no doubt about that. I put money in it as well. So, and I think the thing as well. I mean, we're going at this game on Wednesday, and a lot of folks will say it's about a hard game for Rangers. Our record in Glasgow is pitiful, and that's something that I've said numerous times has got to change. We show far too much respect to Celtic and Rangers. Now, I've spoken a few minutes about this, and they said, What do you think about Wednesday? Now, this is a Rangers team that are not great, but they're off the back of a poor result yesterday. I think Rangers will be up for this, and I again worry that our record in Glasgow is not going to change. Shit. Nielsen needs to change something when he goes to Glasgow. He needs to be a bit more, a bit more positive. And until he does that, I think it's just going to be the same. We'll just go to Glasgow and get hammered, again.
2: I, I hear you, Graham. Like, because obviously, Aberdeen went to Iberts in a week and thought we're optimistic. Oh, hey, we'll get us out. If you look at the record, we just always capitulate. Maybe it's Rangers that raise like game against Aberdeen as opposed to our way around.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jim Goodwin certainly spoke a good game before that game, and they started off well. But then, to be fair, Rangers were brilliant. You know, I had thirty six attempts. I think it was they were. Yes. They were out. They were outstanding that day. That's probably one of Rangers' best performances of the season. But then they obviously can't go and bag that up. But I just want Hearts to go there. I've already said I just want Hearts to go there and have a goal and be more open, more expansive. See if we do that, and we get beat. Me. And many of the Hearts fans will accept that. What we can't accept is sit behind the ball, don't have a shot on target, and just be boring. I would rather have a go and get beat than sitting back and getting beat anyway.
4: I've definitely, seen like Hearts turn up to like South Park and play like that before. Um, so you kind of, as a Hearts perspective, you're hoping for something a bit better because, like, I know Hearts fans that like actually refuse to go to South Park and buy because, like, what's the point in paying about 30 35 pounds just to watch the team get hammered? So, I think that's kind of what Hearts fans want, better performances in Glasgow.
1: We do, and at Tynecastle as well. When we gave Celtic a decent game a few weeks ago, I know they got beat in the end, but, you know, that was a much better performance. That's what I want to see consistently. I want to see those performances against Celtic Rangers consistently, and then, as the lads have said, you know, be consistent against other teams. We're sitting fourth just now. I'm happy with that, but... I do want to try and split the old firm, but it is, it is very difficult. I think it purely
2: comes down to the manager. I think there's a bit of uh, too much respect from the players at times.
1: I think there is, but it's been like that for years. It's not just the Robin Nielsen thing. It's many hearts managers that have done this. They go to Glasgow and they just show too much respect. I think, not that I want to give him credit, but Lee Johnson said that a couple of weeks ago in the Celtic. He said there's a psychology thing when teams go to Celtic Park that they've got beat before they go on the pitch. I agreed with that. I think that's absolutely spot on. I think you do think they're people before they get on the pitch. And that's an intelligence that needs to change for me.
0: But then did they not back that up by then saying something like they should go into the Celtic afterwards, go into the Celtic dressing room and find out what they're all eating and what they're all doing and be chummy chummy with them afterwards? It's a bit weird that Lee Johnson in terms of if he says one thing, contradicts himself totally the next
3: minute. Uh, uh, are we having his jacket? Mm. <laughs> No. You can have it. Right, a cracker
2: into oh, <laughs> dear one. You can maybe get it from. A, maybe it's a professionalism point of view. Like it, you look it, at. Maybe he's thinking like, be more professional. I don't
3: know. Wait, there, there's a. Do you know what it reminds me of? I don't know if, if. If I hope some of my listeners are Sopranos fans, but there's there's a jacket in the Sopranos, right? And it, it it's this. It's this. There's an inside any Sopranos fans listening, all know what jacket I'm talking about. The jacket. It's this Jacob, man, right? And it's fucking how it That's man. It looks nothing like it, right? But it just reminds me of this of this mingin' Jacob.
0: You go back to He probably did join so me in a bit more but he didn't need to say it publicly on TV because <laughs> then he's just basically calling these players unprofessional and it, 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 it just looks like he's then... Sh- Going a bit too far up Celtic's backsides as well. It just—it's just, it's just an, awkward, an awkward, statement to make. I think oh, I just think the guy's a wee bit awkward. Full stop. Uh, yes, isn't it? I love it personally. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you guys sent him over there to do that.
1: Well, there's the next job. After all, Agent uh, Johnson. Agent exactly. Johnson
2: well, any well, other thoughts on the European campaign from any of the teams involved?
0: Anything no we touched on? We didn't on
2: Dundee United because
3: Jeff uh, chasing a mouse. Oh, a mouse. Uh, there's obviously, you know, it, when we've mentioned that we were going to talk about Uriqi campaigns, he's talking about he's chasing a mouse, and when actual reality is he's a wee mouse. It's like sto- hi- he's, like sto- hide away.
0: he's stolen your excuses. Yes. And it's funny because, again, they picked up a result nobody really expected against the AZ and then just, again, a bit like Rangers, just went there you go, have as many goals as you want, who's not scored yet. It's It was another kind of just letdown, wasn't it?
1: I, uh, I don't know if anyone else would agree with this, but I generally think, and I might be wrong here, I generally think that Jack Ross is one of the most overrated
3: managers I've ever seen. I, I look I, I think, you know, personally Graham, I think he is relatively young, you know, he's kind of 40 ish, isn't he? Um he is a fairly kind of good looking, kind of young, clean, clean, you know, handsome guy. Um and I think a lot of people often mistake that for being a good manager. Um, you know well, like, I, well, no, but the thing is, Derek McInnes is a good manager in my in my view. But I'm, I mean, oh, yes, yes. you know, I, I I think there's 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 often too much of that. You know, I, I, too much of thinking what, what what appears a bit sexy on on the front is is you know is good throughout, I mean, you look at somebody like Dick Campbell, right? And I'm not just talking about appearances here. I'm talking about the whole package of you know Dick Campbell. Well, you're, you're talking and about and
2: Dick old... Campbell's package.
3: <laughs> no, but I'm ta- I mean, I'm ta- <laughs> talking about like, that, that whole thing about, you know, being an old school kind of, you know, um, blood and thunder type manager, you know, old guy, nearly 70, seen it all, done it all. Nobody in the Premiership wanted to take a chance on him. I know he it, it wouldn't have wanted to go full time anyway, I think he's on record by saying that, but nobody wanted to take a chance on him. Davy Martindale's another one. I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying I want David Martindale at Rangers.
0: That's exactly
3: what you said. Oh, I'm no, no, I, I'm please not. make it happen. Make it happen. But do you know what I'm saying? Martin Martindale yeah. is overachieved. I, I mean, why were Dundee United not looking at Martin Martindale? You know what I mean? But I think
0: Martindale's got a special relationship with Livingston because of Livingston giving him that opportunity to begin with. But I think the thing with Jack Ross is. He's got a tactics board and he plays a bit of drafts and people then get kind of lost in his kind of sound bites and it's just I've never seen stop enough of about enough, enough stop, of talk, it. Have, yeah, enough of it. Helps certainly nothing you know to write home about that he's short term at the United and yeah, it's just a kind of. <laughs> Maybe back in the day, you'd call a hipster appointment. That's just you know, it, it, it's one of those. He talks a good game, but isn't actually good enough to be at a level where he thinks he should be.
2: The con the concerning thing from his point of view would be how quickly he lost that dressing room. Like where does it where does, he, where
3: does he go next? I don't, I, don't, I think you know you know just from I I don't know anything about this, but but rumours rumours heard on Twitter. There was a few characters in the dressing room that, that were you know stirring up a bit of trouble, and I'm not surprised at the names that were tipped for it. I've
0: knows the names, but, I think. And yeah, but the, 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 the best manager deals with those people ahead of time and understands what's going to happen beforehand, and he got sunk by those players means that he wasn't up to the job. Whether or not they, they helped, of course, you know that's what happens. But the best managers always spot that kind of trouble before it actually begins.
3: I could, do you, Scott, do you want me to name you some of the trouble players at Pollock?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All of them at the moment, if they're losing 2-0 a year, Bob.
1: I think the uh, the biggest surprise to me was the fact that Thomas Courts had left to go to Honred and he'd always left again. I think those United players had a lot more respect for Thomas Court than they did for Jack Ross.
2: It's lucky Jeff isn't on, because Jeff like, didn't like Tom Courts at all. We even know, for a first season, he did, he did a really good job, I think. And I don't watch Dundee United every week, thankfully. The thing is, if you look at Shankland at Hearts,
0: you look at Shankland in the Championship with Dundee United, and they couldn't get that from... Him in the Premiership, that would be, in the court was it course that decided to let him go, or, obviously they got a decent amount of money for him, but they never really got them firing in the, the Premiership.
2: I I think part of the problem with that, though, is, like, if you look at Hearts, the service at Shacklin was getting at Hearts compared to the service at Shacklin was getting at Dundee United is night and day, it was, like, complete contrast.
0: No, but people were still, like, uh, Clark and things were still scoring, it did united. It wasn't as if nobody was scoring. It just wasn't that shackled wasn't even playing. You know, he was getting left at the team. So it's not as if it was, it was it was it was down to tactics of how they were playing football and how they obviously wanted their strikers to play. Um on
2: the back of that Scotland score getting announced tomorrow, do you think, for the friendly? is it. I would think, well, it's not what we are. That's Wednesday, the Friendly, 16th.
4: Uh, I think so um, I don't know if of will be going obviously quite a hard place to get to well, was was
3: looking into going uh, unfortunately me and my missus moving house and all that and the fact that it's not is it's in is it in Ankara
0: yeah, it's
3: cl- closer to Syria. It's like way, way, it's Syria, so it's a pain in the ass to get to. And you know, if it was in Istanbul, I was maybe looking at it, but but mm. to go on further for there, it was a pain in the ass. So,
0: Istanbul um, is that the Arisko Bride, yeah Istanbul, right? You said
3: Istanbul, Istanbul, oh, we'll get a bad, out, we'll get a out, a out if you want, Scott. Get a, a culture about you, but I mean, I mean, you never uh, heard to the t- Turkish pronounce it. I mean, but a culture, son, province. I mean, I, I'm drinking, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking tea in here, and you're drinking fucking Bavaro.
2: Yeah. Um. No, but in the subject of Shangland, does he want to be getting included? I hope so. I don't see why
0: not. In terms of Clark, knows he's he's performed under the Clark before. It's it, it, I thought he did all right in the Scotland shirt. It's just he then stopped playing for Dundee United more than anything else. Um, they were not fully rich with strikers. People will call out, uh, will call off anyway. So it's a possibility.
3: Have looked, um, John? because it's a friendly. Have looked, looked? Who's fit and who's no fit? Is well. Stakes Stike's fit?
2: Ah, he's been playing, I think, for IQPR. And Chase for... The one thing we've got just now is Tierney's not really playing for Arsenal, unless it's Europa League. So, but he'll play for Scotland, obviously. John McGinn has been playing for Villa. He seems to be benched, whether it was Emery or the interim manager. um, Gordon's been a wee bit
1: off form recently, fair to say, Graham. Oh, 100% he's the... Uh... Needed a rest. I was actually surprised against actually here last week that Xander Clark didn't play. You know, Craig Gordon has been making uncharacteristic mistakes. He's still a brilliant goalkeeper, but he has been making a few uncharacteristic mistakes. So I thought Xander Clark might have got a chance.
2: Aye. And then what? We've got Celtic are going to uh, Australia, aren't they? For a friendly, the friendly tournament.
4: We've got the, was it Everton? We're playing uh, Western Sydney 1 there was in Sydney FC. I think of the three teams in it. Um, I think the Everton game is like a quarter to four in the morning kick-off or something like that over here. So I'll try my best to help for it. Aye. It'll be interesting to see if Celtic players are included or whether they are like by allowing them to go to Australia. Yeah, because I think we've also got Portugal as well in December. I think there's rumours of that. What about January? um,
1: Because
4: obviously I've seen as well Rangers got Leverkusen, so January, yeah. What about January,
0: Connor, do you think...
4: You'll invest in the, the squad then, or do you think they'll maybe keep their powder dry until the summer? Um, it depends because there's rumors there now that we've signed um a centre back from Japan, a free at the moment. Um, twenty two year old guy, which is quite good. Um, obviously, Andrew probably, probably, it probably seems like a very uh, and signing. obviously so from Japan again. Obviously, I had great success signing from there. So we'll see how that goes. But I don't think there was too much activity to be honest. Anyone going don't out the way? Mm-hmm. think? Do you think anyone will go out the way? Leave? Um, ooh, I don't think they will leave, no. Um, I think if they'll be my state the summer, though, I think a few players will start to move on. I could see maybe someone picking up, as we were saying, you with know, like, the big players like Jota or Hatati or something like that. Yeah, I could definitely see a big out going.
1: I think I think
3: conversely, I think Celtic probably will do the smart bit of business. You know, if if they do go on and kick on and win the league, which I think they probably will do, um, I think they'll be a wee bit more shrewd with their business, and they probably will move. You know, the likes of Jota, possibly Kyogo, um, possibly um, Hatati, You know, the, the boys that are going to rake in the money. I think they probably would move them on when the stock is particularly high. Um, and that, you know, that would be the difference for me.
0: I think O'Reilly is probably going as well, I think. Yeah, There's I'm, lots I'm, of good talk about him, you know, because he's such a good player, Brighton and things like that, so that's probably one that would... Well, I yeah, can not suggest... Help, that'll
3: help Billy
2: Gilmore. eh, won't it, if O'Reilly goes Brighton?
3: Aye, let's, let's, <laughs> let's stop, let's stop <laughs> touting, touting competition for Billy Gilmore, Scott. Right, can he get a game?
0: Gilmore will go back to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Bottles, right? um, I, Graham, uh, did
2: you
1: have a question for Connor? I was just going to ask Connor, um, could he have imagined that start of the season that Greg Taylor be one of Celtic's most important players? I think Taylor's can absolutely stand this season.
4: Yeah, I th- I absolutely. I didn't expect it at all. Um, he's been brilliant this year, and obviously as we we're saying about kind of the Scotland list, um, I'd absolutely love him to be in the team for the Scotland game. I don't know how it's going to obviously what with the Sunday Super Cup, but um, I would obviously him in the team sheet for Scotland. Obviously with Taylor not playing that much. Um but no, I didn't expect it at all. Very happy when he's a contender for player of the year for me already. Um so he is. Uh but hopefully he's one of the ones that ends up staying, to be honest. I couldn't see him moving on, but yeah, star performer. He's done well as well with Bernabe coming in. At least kept his place. Yeah. Um obviously Burnaby I like Burnaby, obviously didn't really kinda go off to the best start with the kind of drink driving sort of thing. Um but um, maybe a wee attitude issue there, but other than that, I think Burnaby's is good. But Taylor, Taylor, you can't take him out of that position at all. You can't even think about replacing him either anymore.
3: I think Taylor. Um, I agree with you, Conor. I don't see Taylor going. Um, but I mean, he's he's had some paper around with Scotland. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's two or three years older. I think no, is he younger than Andy Robertson or older? Um, yeah. younger. He's younger than Robertson, yeah. but older than Tierney. Isn't he? Mm-hmm, um yeah. so, so he's he's in that kind of limbo where he's unlikely to ever have any sort of glitter in Scotland career because he's got the two, you know, vastly superior left I say vastly superior, the, the two superior left backs in ahead of him, not not to say that he isn't a top class left back. But I wonder if there will be a wee thought in his head where he sees his two Scotland counterparts kicking on to the Premier League and, and doing absolute you know, doing absolutely amazing and thinking you know, could I do that? Um, hmm. I, I, I But again, that's just devil's advocate. I don't see him leaving Celtic.
0: And uh, would you would also have to factor in a Premier League team being interested in him as he got. You know, you never know with these sort of situations. If uh, if that would, I would imagine maybe an English Championship team. But again, I don't think he would leave Celtic either. I don't see any reason to.
2: Um, so go back to
3: Scotland squad. Any surprises we expect? Oh, no surprises. I mean, the only one that folk keep you know tipping is gold. You know, um I would just like to see him get a game for Scotland in some capacity before we lose it. The chance mind you, if he played against Turkey it wouldn't really matter, would it? Um So uh, he would be the only one. I mean this and this is the thing we've talked about a lot in the pod, John. It is a good thing. That the Scotland squad is predictable, you know.
2: Aye, it. but maybe a bit might not be a, like a first team squad this time. I think it'd be a friendly. Yeah.
3: Maybe some, think... maybe some players missing, but I think the core will still be there.
0: I think if you've right. got
2: gold, if you've got gold and Morgan from the states, sorry who? Lewis, sorry who? Lewis Morgan? Not no, no. Before sorry, that... he was doing math with Mandela's
0: earlier but I like. It a... his name. Yeah, I've
2: got the gold though. I've got it.
0: The... Ra- Ra- Ryan Gold. Uh, Gold, 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 anything. Any, anyone, all of them. I'll gold, go no, of them. Mate,
3: no, mate, you're thinking you're not men's toilet seat.
0: <laughs> I just went to you go to Battlefield, my friend. You'll see that your, your, all your prices will rise for that, don't worry. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I would like to see those two players coming in because I don't think it will be a full-strength squad. Um, I think people will take... Um, Holidays and things. I don't think they'll they'll be. For, and it, there's nothing wrong with Clark actually looking at a few different players anyway. I, I would like to see that in this this squad.
1: Can I throw one in there? Aye. Stevie May potentially. I can't see it. The one thing I was going to
2: say earlier is like Bentley. someone that's like not had a good career for Scotland, but he's been scoring goals recently. McBurney. I don't know where. Has,
3: has he
4: been scoring goals?
2: Yeah, uh, he has been scoring,
4: but I've never liked him for Scotland. Nah, nah. never. I, I, I
2: think he's one of those characters as well that I think, aside from being a footballer, he seems a bit of a, a twat. Fair to say. I, I would <laughs> like, yeah, I would like to see him have a year year of scoring goals
0: and not making any headlines in the front pages or social media before we kind of get him back in the squad. To be honest.
3: Yeah, I think Stevie may is probably more
2: realistic at, at this moment in time. Actually, aye, I can't think anyone else that might push somebody in. But because you know, Lewis, Lewis
0: Ferguson might come,
2: to.
0: come back in the squad. What's that? Oh, on? yeah, Lewis Ferguson. he
3: should come back in. So I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll he's doing it. brilliant in Bologna. Sorry, yeah.
4: I, I, I've I've got one. I was going to throw in Scott if you want. And to... you go? Yeah, where you go? I was
3: going to throw in one,
4: James Forrest. Yeah, he's been brilliant recently. After with her, very good. Um, just depends if he would actually fit in Clark's system. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, I'd love to see him in. It was kind of similar to kind of the suck for the summer. I always wanted to see Scott Wright involved more, but it was just like he never could fit in the system. You know what I mean?
1: And we chuck his brother in too, just for a laugh? <laughs>
4: hey,
3: you say that he's, he's been honestly. I mean, if you took if you take the whole season. And you think who's been the best forest in Scotland, you'd you would definitely see Alan Forrest. Yeah, the guy agree, yeah.
2: All right, we'll, we'll see what happens eh, anyway. Um with that one. Um I think on that No, oh, I think that's us finished for the, the night. Um Connor and Graham, thanks for coming on. No Uh Scott and Josh, pleasure as always. Thank you. It's
3: good to be back on. As you're, as
2: usual, amigo. Aye We're turning into Like all of us Not being regulars That's how It's getting To the point Do I like to call you A semi-regular Scott and all that I feel It certainly has yeah. been It certainly has been This
0: season
2: That's for sure It's the only semi You're getting at
0: your
3: age John
2: Oh <laughs> Right okay On that note <laughs> Right Cheers everyone <laughs>